there, everybody. Welcome to Fresh Out the Podcast. I am the board game guru and game master extraordinaire, and apparently convincing moron Jahananan. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. You are a convincing moron. Yeah, that's so good. What an intro. It's me. It's me, Casualty CDG, the co-host of Fresh Out the Podcast. I'm a retired child crimes and human trafficking detective turned tabletop titan and improv comedian. And I am Drew Munhausen, a professional media and movie mastermind. And joining us here again, once again, um, he was last with us here uh, when we were talking about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And he's back again. It's the mayor of Nerdtropolis himself, Shantaj. How you doing, Sean? The only reason he came back is because he <laughs> forgot his keys and we, we locked him in the room. Yeah, I'm still waiting to get out. I just want to come hang out with my buddies. That's why I'm here. <laughs> but I'm excited to be back, guys. We, uh, we're we going to be talking Thor Love and Thunder today. What? So we figured no better opportunity than to have, have Sean back once again. Um, you know, I, I consider myself to be pretty knowledgeable about the MCU. I would I would probably put Sean above, above myself at this point for sure. I feel like, oh, come on, Sean, give yourself more credit. Uh, I tried not to. Uh, Sean's sh- shaking his head. <laughs> Close captioning. No, I try to be up to date with the MCU uh, and trying to see what they're grabbing from the comics and what they're trying to do, what they're trying to build brand new pretty much with the MCU. It's all brand new stuff they try to create based on what's in the comics. Comics are so weird how they used to be their own thing and then now how they push what's popular in the movies and then try to shape the books to be more in line with what's going on in the movies and oh, it's so interesting are you still collecting regularly sean no i I'm can't not, keep up anymore it is I'm tough and it's, it's just too much and it's price gouging now <laughs> it's it's like you want to go get something and they're just too price overpriced now because they show up in a tv show right a marvel show so now that comics five times the amount so it's just like why even bother yeah, the pandemic kind of broke me of my regular collecting habits, and then I wasn't what I was buying. I wasn't even reading, and I finally just had to had to cut the cord there for a little bit. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if I get back into it in a while, but I, you know, to be honest, I don't really know what's going on in the actual comic book universe right now. And I used to be pretty pretty in tune. See, I love comics and collecting them and all that stuff. I've never been able to keep up, like ever. I've just been really bad at it because <clears throat> I'm not good with dates and what day it is or month it is or year it is. I don't really know usually, so, like, I'm pretty lost. Uh, and then, like, lately I bought a bunch recently and I just haven't gotten around to reading them either. Uh, so I'm thinking about doing the Marvel uh, subscription. Might do the, like, the, the online where you can just read everything for, like, one low price. If you don't know what day, week, or month it is, you might be having a stroke. That's not no, a... I just not... don't understand uh, how, how it works. I, I'm i yeah. also guilty of that, Jahan. I'm like I'm, I'm more the guy who jumps into a Barnes & Nobles or a Books A Million and just picks up a couple graphic novels. I'll read them on my own time, and then I'll do it again ten years later. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't keep up with weekly books. It used to be Marvel exclusive almost and then i when i was collecting in recent years i started finding myself liking the more independent books more with the creative things that they were doing with marvel it just got tough when 
you know, there was a back in the day I could just collect Amazing Spider-Man and Uncanny X-Men and the Avengers and like I was good to go. And then it, eventually one day I realized like in a month I was buying Amazing Spider-Man and Peter Parker Spider-Man and the Spectacular Spider-Man and Ultimate Spider-Man and Miles Morales Spider-Man and there were and there were all these Savage different Spider-Man, you know, Superior Spider-Man, Spider-Man Spider Comic Woman. Weekly but with all different storylines and I'm trying to keep up with all of them and, and then eventually you just kind of throw your hands up and go, I can't, I'm too old for this now. I just can't do it anymore. So I should have mentioned the edge of spider verse series coming out, introducing a brand new Spider-Man as well. Like the brand yeah. new character <laughs> to blow your mind. I'll, I'll get introduced to that character <laughs> when he's introduced in the MCU one exactly. day, you know, <laughs> I think the last new comic I really bred was the last Ronin or last Ronin from the TMNT. Mm. was the one i and then i think That's the last series good. yeah it is good and i think the last like set i went and bought that was old was um the long halloween series um i picked all them up just because i was like i love the artwork and i want to see what's all about so Super i think dope. since then i haven't really bought anything yeah, and then also the, the other thing too is you know series like amazing spider-man and batman used to be once a month and now those are of course dc and marvel's most popular series respectively and they're out almost every other week now so you're getting two issues a month so if you get backed up even just a couple months you're you're having to catch up on like so many comics rather than just one a month it's a lot of right, reading it is it's supposed anyway, to be fun but uh, it becomes taxing <laughs> it does it does so we've 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 gone down that rabbit hole a little bit but we're all here to talk about thor love and thunder which when i read this just now it kind of took me took me back but it's the 29th mcu film which is just kind of insane that's wow. um, that crazy yeah and I, I, I remember i think when it when either gosh it was either shang chi or, or something i think was the 25th and i remember thinking that was the law and then yeah cause shang chi then we had spider-man or no eternals spider-man doctor strange Thor. Yeah, something I don't know, something like that. And oh. uh yeah, it's just crazy. Like and now we're almost at thirty of these movies and uh that's crazy. And I just counted Thor Love and Thunder is Chris Hemsworth's ninth appearance in an MCU movie as Thor. That includes like the end credits tease in Doctor Strange, the first one. because um, he's in that. And so it includes those, but yeah, he's been in nine MCU movies which is kind of crazy. Almost a third of, of all of them. It's been around I for think a while. He's, I think he's gotten better at playing Thor along the way. Yes, definitely. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously the, the series had kind of a major tone shift when it went from Thor the Dark World to Ragnarok and Taika Waititi was brought in. And, um, you know, we knew at that point Chris Hemsworth could do comedy pretty well too or could kind of do some of the slapsticky stuff. So... Um, of course, this is directed by Taika Waititi once again. Um, Thor: Love and Thunder. I guess before we get into the movie, you know, what we'll do is we can talk Thor for a minute. We can we can talk Thor: Love and Thunder non spoilers, and then we'll get into spoiler stuff first. But let's just start with Thor in general. Like, are you guys pretty big fans of Thor? Are you fans of the previous Thor movies? Are you, you know, wh where where are you at on Thor? I would the say Marvel that I. I, growing up, did not like Thor. I thought Thor was kind of a stupid hero that I thought didn't fit in Marvel because he's a Norse god and not a, like a Marvel hero like everyone else. 
Um, so I didn't care about Thor at all. But playing Thor in video games has always been fun because it's very strong. You fly, you have giant fields of lightning. So uh, I don't know. I'm not really, a, wasn't a Thor guy. And then Chris Hemsworth, uh, I thought, you know, the first appearance of Thor, not great. Uh, the first two Thor movies, not great. But I, I think he's come a long way. And I'm now I think I'm a fan of Chris Hemsworth's space Viking Thor, for sure. Um, but Thor... Uh, Altogether, it's not like I'd ever go get a Thor tattoo or buy a Thor t-shirt. It's not my guy. I think without Chris Hemsworth being Thor, I don't think Thor would have been ever popular if they brought a different actor in. I don't think it would have worked. I think it would have flopped or not have gotten so many appearances. They would have killed him off and bring in, you know, the female Thor and bright earlier or something if it wasn't working out. Yeah. I remember seeing like an old video of Tom Hiddleston saying that he auditioned for Thor and then he sees Chris Hemsworth, and he's like, oh, God, I'm not going to get the role. That's Thor. <laughs> and he's absolutely right. Chris Hemsworth is Thor. Uh, just like Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark. Uh, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think you needed Chris Hemsworth as Thor. There's a his lot. little brother uh, auditioned, too, I think, right? I think his younger one did. Probably. Yeah, the I, others. I believe you're right. And Chris got Thor, and Liam got Hunger Games. So everybody was happy, right? <laughs> and he yeah. got Miley for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, I, I collected comics for a while before the MCU was really a thing, you know, back when I was in middle school and such, and I was never interested in Thor. I would collect some of the Avengers books, and Thor would show up here and there and, you know, be part of it, but I was never that interested, kind of for the same reasons that Gary said, so I don't want to echo that too much. But I do remember when, you know, when the MCU started picking up and, the, you know, they made Iron Man and then they were going to be making a Thor and a Captain America movie, I remember thinking, Captain America makes sense to me, is a, from a superhero standpoint, I'd read a lot more of him and I, I could see that working with Thor. I just remember thinking, how are they going to make that work? Cause it's so odd. And, and like Gary said, like it, it's, he's a Norse God. He's not the traditional Marvel hero. And then, you know, the powers that be at, at Marvel studios did their, their magic and they really made him into a great Marvel cinematic universe character, a good on-screen character and it, and it works. And, and I think without Thor in the Marvel Universe, Thor is like the link to magic. I mean, I know everyone's going to say Doctor Strange is, but Thor is that initial link to the the fantastic, the, the unbelievable. He kind of drops that veil for you and makes it okay that there are aliens and space gods and flight and all that because of Thor. Anyone else, it, it didn't really fit the storyline. They were all pretty normal. Yeah. Well, I mean... The first Thor movie was, like, the beginning of S.H.I.E.L.D. being like, hey, these, I mean, Nick Fury says it himself, like, in the thing, he's like, there was a grudge match between two gods, and it leveled the city, like, we need to up our game, and it started a whole thing, it started a whole movie plot, you know, and then Loki came, I mean, as Guardians themselves have been a huge driving force behind the entire MCU, uh, including, uh, you know, Loki's extra-dimensional exploits that have yet to bear fruit, uh, which I'm very excited about. But, um, yeah, I was never, you know, I actually never had a problem with Thor. I thought it was cool when he showed up. I'm like, oh, cool, Thor, look at that guy. But I never, like, sought him out, really. Uh, I remember buying a comic where he fought the Hulk and thought that was pretty cool once. Uh, but he was never in my bag, uh, my, my bag. But 
yeah, I feel in the beginning... So I actually like uh, Dark World for a lot of different reasons. I like a lot of parts of Dark World. The first movie, I hated the first time I watched it. I rewatched it more recently. Liked it a lot more than I did initially because I hated it. Um, the first Thor movie. I'm a de- I'm a defender of the first Thor. Yeah, me film. too. I thought it was a good introduction. Very I, smart and safe, though. It was safe. Yeah, I hated it the first time I saw it, but I've seen it more recently. I liked it a lot more. Uh, I like Dark World. I thought Dark World was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I feel like they kind of stayed away from the space Viking and like tried to be like, hey, this is a Norse god. You know what I mean? But when in reality, he really was the whole time what he is now, which is this, you know, guy that explores the cosmos, you know, and is all, you know, immortal and crazy. I feel like he's definitely, this final form is much better for sure than the initial. I think this final, this final form to me is a lot more like Gen X, a lot more 2020 Thor. Uh, where back in the 90s, you just kind of needed him being a, a galactic guy flying around. That was totally fine. But now, that's not cool. That's kind of cheesy um, to just have him be some guy, some Norse guy flying around helping people. Uh, so so they, they really hammed him up, and they brought him to our generation, and I think they made him totally fire. Um, maybe he was always supposed to be totally fire. And when you're reading those books in the, the 70s and 80s about Thor, you're like, whoa, look, he's awesome. But that just doesn't translate to our age today. I think they did a good job making him current in the movies. True, they did make him current, but I also feel that they made him more 80s than ever in this last movie uh, with a lot of the just pure like acid trip, uh, psychedelic poster nonsense going on all over the screen the whole time, uh, which I loved. I thought it was great. Visually, this movie was fantastic. Uh, but yeah. I think where Chris Hemsworth excels is that he, he can be a good leading man. You know, he's got the look and everything, but he's also a very good supporting player when it calls, calls for it, like being part of the Avengers. You know, he was a great team member or fell into that role well, but then could also lead his own stories or kind of lead his own team as he's done in both Ragnarok and he does in, in Love and Thunder. So he, he can kind of play those things. And, and he's made Thor feel like an important character. There, there are times when you're reading the comics when they would do the big event crossover comics where there's all this fighting and right when things seem like they're, they're really going bad for the Avengers, Thor shows up out of nowhere and you go, oh shit, Thor's here. You know, th- things just got real because he's a god. And they've kind of been able to emulate that in the movies too, like in, in Infinity War when there's the big battle that's going on in in Wakanda and then Thor shows up with with Rocket and Groot in the middle of that fight and it's like oh now things are about to get real because Thor's here so they've been able to emulate that feeling of Thor uh, pretty well I think it's it's worth noting you know with Thor Love and Thunder that it's it's strictly a Thor story you know this is not a big kind of like how we got into this with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness you know how we thought it was going to be the big branching thing that really showed us where the ship was, was going or, you know, who was steering the ship as far as the MCU went. We thought it was going to let us know what the next big thing was. And, and it really didn't. We talked about that a while back. Um, and Thor love and thunder is kind of the same. I didn't expect it to necessarily show us where the MCU was going. Um, but no, this is a, a like a pretty contained Thor story. Would y'all agree? Similar oh, yeah. to Doctor Strange, too. It, that was a very contained 
story too about Doctor Strange. So it seems like even though it's in the cosmos and on those other dimensions, it seems like all these stories are so tight in a bottle, regardless of where their locations are. I'm uh, I'm happy about that because I think Marvel spent so much time intertwining all their stories uh, that sometimes it started to feel like a reach, or you know, you were just kind of looking for the Easter egg in the next thing. Um, you're just like you said, you're watching Doctor Strange to see where the story goes. Um, these past two movies, I think there's something good about them not doing that. The the same way that Moon Knight was sort of self-contained. I like that these movies are self-contained. These heroes are off doing their own things. They do have their own lives and their own problems. And that's what makes it really cool whenever Thor shows up, like you said, and saves the day. Because you know he's busy. You know he's across the world. You've seen it in a movie. You know he's across the galaxy doing Thor things. So if he comes to help, it's going to make it that much more impressive in the future. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I feel like he's been all up in everybody's stories for a while now. And it's nice that he gets his own time of development and we, like, get to see... You know, I kind of wanted that, you know? Because he's been busy with everybody else this whole time. I would have loved to see a, like, Guardians of the Galaxy movie that was just called Thor Love and Thunder. If that had been Guardians of the Galaxy with Thor for two hours, I would have loved every second of that. I kind um, of expected that's, it. That's what I that's thought, not too. what I, it was, but I that would have been really cool. That. Yeah, that I would have... Unfortunate, to be you honest. You could have given me 45 minutes, another hour, two hours of that. Absolutely. Yeah, as well, was it was under two hours runtime already, right? It was under two hours, so they could have honestly squeezed 15 more minutes and gave us more Guardians or something else, I think. Or at least, I mean, I'm not going to get into it yet, but they could have given us a little bit more, I think. I thought. And without spoiling anything, I did think what the, the, the Guardians, the part that they were in, I thought was uh, the appropriate <laughs> tone, and I enjoyed it. Oh, enough. yeah. It was, that was, that was I was dying. <laughs> I was it was so good. Um, well let's well then let's let's get into we've kind of started alluding to it just, just in talks of Thor. It's hard not to because this is obviously the most recent movie we've seen. But going into Thor Love, Love and Thunder without really spoiling it or getting into the plot too much, you know, what are overall thoughts from you guys? Uh overall thoughts, I liked it a lot. Uh I thought it, it it was a good time, man. It was it was an entertaining movie. Uh, I enjoyed a lot of the moments that it had. I I mean, I have a couple like small like nitpicks at it, but like they're nitpicks. They're not like I don't, I don't have really serious, very serious criticisms about this one. This one was solid, man. I I enjoyed it. I also liked uh, this movie. I liked Love and Thunder. I didn't know. I didn't have any expectations. I didn't know if I was gonna like it, and I assumed that I was not going to like it. I did not like Ragnarok, but I do like Taika Waititi. So uh, I was sort of on the fence going into this one. I had no expectations. I, I thought I would be meh. Um, and it was better than meh, in my opinion. And it is very apparent to me that it was directed by Taika Waititi and, and in part written by Taika Waititi. It really feels like a Taika time. Um, and I'll explain a little bit more of that as we talk about it, but... Um, from what I've seen in Taika Waititi's works, and especially his comedies, Taika Waititi, like, he'll find a bit, and then he'll stick with the bit. And the bit doesn't go away. That's a permanent bit. It's not a It's not a three times joke and it goes away. That's your it's life not once now. a season. That's your life. Your life <laughs> is that bit. That's right. Taika does a lot of that. And I think that 
uh, there were some parts of Love and Thunder where that was grating. Yes. But other than that, I really liked it. Yeah, it's definitely a Taika film, that's for sure. I do like his stuff, but I didn't like it the best. I thought I loved Ragnarok. I wish it came some of the, kept some of the tone of Ragnarok, where it was funny but yet serious and kind of you know more of a balance. But Taika went full throttle with this, and it was maybe too much for me. Mm. But yeah, that's why I wish they brought more of a dark world vibe to it, based on the plot, which we'll get into later. I just wish there was a little bit more of a hybrid movie instead of full full on Taika, which they give him full reign, which good for him, you know, MCU and Marvel, all of them going to give him full reign for that movie. Let him do his stuff. And it was pretty entertaining. That's for sure. Yeah. I'm, yeah I'm, I love that Taika has the keys to Marvel and Disney or, and, and Star Wars. Now Star Wars. Marvel and Star Wars is yeah. No matter where I turn, I get more Taika. And I liked that pirate show or flag means death. So Taika's on, he's on fire for me. Sean, I'm 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 a little relieved to hear your thoughts on it because I I was definitely pretty mixed on on this one and uh, for some of the same reasons you and Gary said um, you know Gary I, th- you actually worded it very elegantly about how uh, Taika commits to a bit and I thought that a lot of the bits in this movie were not funny and kept <laughs> coming back and and would make would make me uh, roll my eyes pretty hard. Um, but unlike you and like and like Sean, I really like Ragnarok. And I actually watched it, um, I rewatched it right before going to see the new Thor movie, which I don't know if that was a disservice to myself or not. Um, but I still really like that movie. And I think that the humor in that movie really, really works most of the time. Um, I don't know if that's the general consensus or not, but that was my opinion. And I remember seeing it for the first time thinking like, oh, this is this is what Thor needs to be. This is great. And I think that in this in Love and Thunder, some of that's taken a little bit too far um, where he became too slapsticky, too much of a joke character at times. Um, But then there were times where the humor did work. And I thought that there were some actual cool (laughs) action scenes um, for the most part. But I thought, you know, I thought the action scenes were kind of few and far between in this one. I thought that some of the plot stuff, uh, to me, the movie, when it slowed down, it came to a screeching halt. I was like, oh, man, this is this is slow. And uh, that kind of surprised me because Ragnarok really moves uh, by comparison and they have similar runtimes. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I have a lot of thoughts and a lot of those thoughts you can't really get into without really talking about the movie in spoilers. But, um, you know, we we mentioned before this is this is pretty self-contained. Um, they did set up some threads that will lead, I think, to future future Thor movies, not necessarily future Avengers esque things. Right. Like just more Thor we get a lot more of the gods here in general, like gods, just plural, all types of gods, which I don't know if that's still going to contain itself to future Thor stories or not, if that makes sense. I mean, they, I don't know. whenever they're, they almost have it, they almost have it so that they can set up in a completely separate universe where it's like 
the GMCU, the Galactic Marvel, you know, cinematic universe, where you know you're dealing with Thor, Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain Marvel, like blah blah, you know, all that whole thing in like its own arena almost. Uh, and then you can come back to because they have a lot of the street level stuff coming with you know like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, you know, you got your Spider Mans, you got all that stuff going back on Earth, uh, and you know with like Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, all that stuff, you can almost like split them up into their own like worlds at this point. I would love to see an updated the... roadmap for Marvel to see what exactly they have planned because I'm really confused, yeah. to be honest, of the direction they're going with their t- TV and movies and how some of the movies... So, to be honest, a lot of the movies were grand. Like, we talked about big adventures, a lot of characters, but now they're getting smaller, it seems like. They're getting, like, TV show style, but for, like, the theaters. Like, they're more self-contained. So I kind of don't like that aspect of it. I want to see the movies huge and not so self-contained within these things keep those for the tv series and then give us these big avenger style movies if possible because i miss those to be honest i miss avengers movies those are so much fun and epic and i know, I the, know uh, san diego comic con be... is... oh go ahead gary uh, that's what i was trying to say earlier about the, the having like the cross features of of different characters showing up in different movies and having these big events is they can't all be that way or else it's not so special and so that's why I respect the Doctor Strange uh, solo story and the Thor solo story is because if they were all these big, giant team-ups, then I think that would, that would take away from how special they are. I was just going to say, San Diego Comic-Con's right around the corner. You know, I think it's a little less than two weeks away, and Marvel has announced that they're returning to do their big MCU panel at Hall H, Ooh. which I don't think that they've done in a couple years um, because of the pandemic. So I think the last time they did it might have been 2019, which is where a lot of these movies that we're seeing coming out now got announced, like Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness and Thor Love and Thunder and those, or or that we found out more about them. So I'm I'm kind of not banking on it, but I'm hoping that we might find out a little bit more about where it's all going uh, in the future. Or, Or, you know, there could be things that come out soon with secret invasion or whatever it may be where there where there have been pieces that have been set that we just didn't realize that they were setting those pieces i i don't know uh um, said it himself too that the news is coming kind of who the next big bad might be or where they're going that's because, yeah he kind of yeah. gave the like be patient it's coming right i'm not patient at all that's the problem <laughs> yeah. I, want it, I want it yesterday <laughs> well especially after loki i'm just like man they just tore things up in loki like how soon are we going to see those effects? And we haven't seen it really yet. So, yeah, I've been Which hungry for been King weird. the Conqueror since like two minutes after Loki ended. I, I, I wanted like King the Conqueror to like show up in my house and kill me. He'll uh, be and the fact January, that he hasn't, right? he hasn't shown up and killed anyone yet, Sean. And hey, well, Ant Man. <laughs> I was going to say, is January when Quantum Mania comes yeah, out? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Is he going to kill Ant Man or is he going to kill the Wasp? He's he's in Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum. He's gonna kill them both. Not everybody. Not to do too much of an aside here, but I don't know if you guys saw that Paul Rudd, um, in full Ant Man costume, standing next to the Wasp, gave an explainer to people about why he didn't crawl inside Thanos' (laughs) butt and explode him from the inside, Uh, like. He like he said all of it. Like he was like, "There's a lot of reasons why." First off, gross. 
and then yeah, like, just so watch you... the boys and you'll know why yeah. just watch the boys you know season three episode one and you know exactly why yeah, was, yeah. i think that might be why he finally addressed it but yeah i just i thought that that was something worth mentioning so um so we we talked a lot in talking about Thor about Chris Hemsworth and I think you know it's safe to say we're all kind of on board Chris Hemsworth as Thor and I thought he was good in this one as as Gary said some of the his bits didn't work but overall I still like him as Thor um but we had a few other characters in this one namely Natalie Portman returned as Jane Foster slash um the mighty Thor herself and um you know I like Natalie Portman a lot I think she's a brilliant actress and she didn't do much for me in this one, to be honest with you and her especially. And I know she's not necessarily a comedic actress as her, as her primary goal. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of her humor and things really, really fell flat with me, unfortunately in the film. I, I love Natalie Portman. I really do. Like I would rank her amongst some of my favorite actresses, but just didn't do much for me here. I mean, she's a fan favorite. Everyone loves her in general. I mean, it's you can't hate her. I mean, for a lot of reasons, obviously. So, but yeah, she didn't really... There's no chemistry between her and Chris Hemsworth. That's, I think, the problem since day one, unfortunately. I think she's pretty good as Jane Foster. And she mm-hmm. looks good as the new Thor, as you see, you know. So other than that, like, it's just no chemistry. But she fits the mold for, for her character. It just didn't work out on film at times or like just i don't know something was not working and i can't figure out exactly why it didn't work because she's great i mean in general as an actor she didn't work for the mcu i agree i think that some of the jane foster plot points specifically not not jane foster as thor but jane foster herself i thought were some of the stronger parts of her performance or stronger elements of her story uh but we'll get into that more i think with spoilers and then the, the other big one is we haven't even mentioned christian bale yet as gore <laughs> god butcher uh what y'all think of christian bale oh boy uh yeah go ahead Gary. this is as gore was one of my favorite marvel villains of all time now maybe top three cinematic villains top top five for sure but probably top three um i thought christian bale was great I like to see a villain who you can justify their actions. So, first of all, you could understand why Gore was doing what he was doing. It was really easy to, to get it. You were, I, I was, I mean, everyone kind of felt for him in the beginning of the movie. Uh, you get why he's pissed off. And then um, he's corrupt. So, the things that he's doing, all the horrible stuff and getting worse and worse, there's a reason for it. There's an explanation for it. He's not just being bad for sake of bad. He's terrifying. He gets more terrifying through the movie. Uh, he's just kind of screwing with people and tricking people. Uh, he, he's a great villain. I thought Christian Bale was amazing. And um, I think even by the end of the film, I think the characters, uh, the way the character wrapped up was believable and honest and I think it was just a really great arc for a villain. Uh, it just my favorite villain since Vulture, and I thought Vulture was really noteworthy uh, as being believable and great. Those are some good picks, man. Uh, yeah, so uh, it's always hard to tell if it's like recency bias or what. Uh, but I was blown away by his performance. Um, I thought it was. I mean, he he became that character. It was he was scary. He was frightening. He was weird. 
and, like, jittery and, like, excited about, like, doing bad things and, like, in such a, I don't know, man, there was, like, elements of, like, Fae in there, like, Darklings and shit. It was, he was the stuff of nightmares. It was cool, man. I was very excited. Like, he was exactly what a nightmare creature come to life would be like, uh, you know, with the, the shadow monster, all that stuff, man. It was crazy. Uh, and his acting was superb. Uh, I told Jenny, I was like, I was like, I think he learned, you know, cause I was like, that was, that was like, like Heath Ledger, like villain. Uh, Man, I was thinking the same yeah. thing. I had that feeling at one point. I had this weird feeling where I was like, he is acting like Heath Ledger acted when Heath Ledger was across from him. Yeah, after he is a villain that is stealing the spotlight from the hero. Yeah, after I said it to Jenny, I was like, wait a second. I was like, that makes sense because he's the one that acted on the other side of that performance. So I think he picked something up from that. I thought his I performance too. was uh, outstanding. Uh, blew me away. One definitely like top five, probably top three villain. He he was so good. I want more. I want more gore, more gore, <laughs> more gore. But yeah, that's that's me. Yeah, I feel the same. I don't want to go into spoilers just yet, but we need more of gore. I would like to see. We could there could be a spinoff somehow. I would love to see him return as somehow as that villain. You know, more of that. That's all I can say before we go into some spoilers. <laughs> I'll give it to Drew. <laughs> I'll I'll just I'm just gonna echo everything else that I thought Christian Bale was great in this. Wow. I thought he was very enjoyable to watch, and I thought, uh, yeah, as as y'all were saying, there was at least maybe like three quarters of the way through the movie, there's a scene with Gord. I had a moment of like, oh yeah, he yes he played Batman. <laughs> like, that's yes. kind of weird. Um, yeah, it's uh, okay, so weird. Well, I thought for sure you were gonna dissent because three of us agreed. And like we we never all agree. It's never. No, a it's thing. usually fifty fifty in this group somehow. No, again, in a movie that I was pretty mixed on, Christian Bale was a standout on the positive side. Yeah, the me. highlight of the movie. I thought. I thought if, if there was someone else, that movie would have just kind of dipped a little bit the other way. So but I think I agree. A, a bad villain can ruin a movie in a heartbeat, and especially mm -hmm. in a Thor movie, because like we were saying earlier, Thor can be cheesy. It's just a few steps away from being too cheesy to be cool. Um, and they kept Gore on the cool side of that line. He did not cross into cheesy territory. He was a very, very haunting villain. And that's and part I, of the problem I have with the movie is it's like like this, right? The cheese, and then you got Gore with his awesomeness. It's just too far left and right. I wish that movie met in the middle in the tone. It was too extreme to the left and right when it came to cheesiness and seriousness. I, I kind of wanted to meet in the middle. I do have something to say on that point when we get to spoilers, but yeah. Yeah, yeah and to, to your point, Sean, you know, I don't think it's much spoiler to say that that Gore's story or origin basically kind of opens the movie, and from and it's a pretty, you know, harrowing story at the beginning like what happens to him and what you know his origin is that immediately got me on board of like oh wow like this is a like a very interesting character and a pretty who comes from a pretty dark place you know or, or has been through he's been through some stuff you know and then you go from that to jokes jokes the, jokes <laughs> yeah 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 and i think that you know on that we can kind of start jumping into you know, so you know, we'll do our big spoiler Spoiler warning. Spoiler 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 moving alert. forward for Thor Welcome to the spoiler room. <laughs> thank, thank God, because I'm like dying here. 
Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll jump into like exactly what you were talking about just now, Drew, because like it, I wanted to say stuff. Those spoilers. Uh, yeah. So you know he's going through the desert, you know, with his daughter. Daughter kicks it. He's like laying next to her grave, so sad. Um, and then he finds the oasis. He's called by the sword, and you know, it's a big deal to pick up a cursed god slaying sword. Doesn't matter who you are. That's not something you just do. But then the other guy picks him up by the throat and completely like, what are you going to do? Not pick it up now? You know what I mean? Like, he's going to kill you. And like the justification, like you guys were talking about earlier, was just there in every step. Like everything was believable. It wasn't like, oh, he's going to just pick up that evil sword after, you know, being devout. Like, I don't know. It was all explained each way. Uh, I enjoyed that his hand was a little forced there. Necro sword? Pretty Necro cool name sword. for a sword. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, necromancy as something in general that I find to be pretty terrifying when you have a sword that's just imbued with it. You know, that's that's scary. <laughs> think, so that works. I think Necro Sword is a terrible name. It, re- it reminds <laughs> me of, uh, of Sword Art Online in Season 2 when they have the death gun and it kills people it's like oh yeah the death gun kills people what a good name you mean the, the, the necro sword kills people you don't say that's fair i don't mind it well yeah. i think i think in the original japanese they actually use a german name for the death gun it sounds less stupid uh i think they call it like sturbin or something which sounds cooler but in the american version they absolutely say death gun a lot in that mm-hmm. show yeah and and the main bad guy's name is death his name's gun. death gun. So really oh. mm-hmm. uh but so, yeah necro is it necro sword or necro blade no it's necro sword necro blade's better do you think so yeah so i think I think then it goes it goes right into, you know, Thor's adventures with the Guardians of the Galaxy. And some of that stuff was pretty fun. I thought the big uh, battle scene with the, the creatures that looked like they were straight out of, like, the Labyrinth or some sort of Jim Henson. I loved them film. so I much. I liked the design of them, too. And they were throwing uh, up devil horns like they were, like, rock and roll monsters. It was so metal, that whole scene. It, it was, was just so supposed to be all metal. <laughs> and then I died laughing. They had these awesome, like, two-stack motorcycles mm-hmm. with guns all over them. <laughs> I wanted miniatures of those guys. I wanted to paint minis right then and there. They were so it was like cool. like Mad Max. It was Mad Max in space. That's really yeah, what it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was and, and it's great. Thor's under the tree. You know, he's chilling, meditating, acting like he's over this whole thing. Comes down, rips off the jacket, sleeveless uh, cut-off, denim shirt. Uh, what a great fight scene. He does the splits and kicks motorcycles. Yeah, becomes he blows Jean-Claude up Van a whole Damme. building. Yeah, he did the straight-up Van Damme, and I was dying. Yeah. I was laughing and so after hard. The, after the Van Damme, then he did the roundhouse finish. So he yes. did the, the yeah. cherry on top. It See, was those so were the jokes good. that worked. That type of humor in that scene was what I was expecting throughout. Like, right when, going back a little bit, Christian Bale picks up the sword and kills the god. You know, parents saying, all gods are jokes. The whole movie made all gods jokes, to be honest, and we'll get to that later. But that's like the first time you realize these gods are nothing and they're laughable and stuff like that. And it carries on throughout. But that whole scene with the Guardians is so metal and awesome. I was hoping it kept that metal vibe, but it became too chaps, you know, slapstick and stuff like that later on. But I wanted to see more Guardians for sure. And more going back to Christian Bale. We didn't see him enough doing his butchering, to be honest. There was not a lot of butchering shown from how many gods he killed or what. I wanted to see more of his journey into getting to Thor. 
And we saw none when of that. You were saying that there could be a spinoff. That's the first thing that popped in my head. Yes, is like, you know, there are like point. 20 more gods that he killed that we didn't get to see. That could be fun to watch. Exactly. Yeah, just yeah. Disney new Disney Plus series called Gore the the God Butcher Butchers Gods, and that's the that's the show. I'll yeah. watch. I'll, I'll watch every episode. I mean, that's what I wanted to see in I, this movie. They I, left that out. I think they should make Gore kills Christmas. Uh, would be fun. <laughs> uh, I also could Christmas. have seen a whole. I could have seen a whole movie devoted to Thor and the Guardians just going doing Ravager Ravager missions and you know so, hanging out and as a team. That would have been so fun. Oh been. boy, that would have been a blast. It was so funny, like just the small amount we got. Like he was Yeah, we didn't get a lot of Drax, we didn't get a lot of Groot, but we got some good Star Lord Thor back and forth. Uh they had some good stuff. But yeah, more. More, more, more. But there's a whole like, from where this movie starts, there's a lot of Guardians and Thor missing, like, story-wise. Something must have happened from the end of the last movie um, where they run off together and now. So, like, I'm curious of what happened. Enough to have happened too. for him to have overstayed his welcome, apparently. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> they were like, get out of here, you weirdo. There's a big time jump, it seems like. I really you liked uh, when... Star Lord and Thor are like drinking at a table, and Thor just starts sobbing. And Star Lord's like, "What do I do?" It, that, that was one of my favorite moments. You know, it's a good point. It's one of the things that I think happened more often in the older days of of the MCU compared to now. But like, because you know, the MCU got to a point where they obviously had a pretty clear plan of what they were doing, especially building up to Endgame. But at the end of Endgame they kind of left some things I think open or what they could do. And so it makes me wonder if they knew exactly what they were going to do when Thor left with the guardians at the end of, of Endgame, if they knew what exactly the plan there was, because to your, to y'all's point, it almost seems like a quick retcon in this movie to be like, okay, so he had some adventures with them and then goes on his own story. Like what were, um, you know, what, what were they... Why can't... Oh gosh, of course, now I can't think of the directors of Endgame. Um, the Russo brothers. Thank you, the Russo brothers. Like, what were, were their intentions in setting that up? But, uh, granted, I'm sure that they work with Kevin Feige and things like that. To, you well, know, probably work with James Gunn, game. too. I swear James Gunn had an idea. When he left to go do Suicide Squad, a lot of things were scrapped, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And remolded with that departure. But that's, you bring up the Russo brothers. I miss their movies in the MCU. And that's the type of tone I wished carried over to some of these, you know, other MCU movies for the other directors. That they took a little bit of the Russo brothers tone and continued it with some of these stories. Yeah. And I guess this is kind of a good opportunity from that to talk about some big picture stuff. Because we touched on, like, Tyka's humor early on. Um, and to me, in this one, it just everything's taken to a 10 and that's what that's what really was turning me off like the um, screaming some of the bits goats. that we referred to the screaming goats i thought were unbearable i thought that the um the bit of stormbreaker being jealous of mjolnir and <laughs> thor speaking to the hammer i thought that was really dumb that did not um, work yeah, so i uh, actually so th- with the goats like i thought it was really funny at first and it got on my nerves really fast uh, i should have killed them and then what? Like much, <laughs> and then much later, they did something that made me laugh again. But the hammer and Stormbringer being jealous made me laugh every time. That one worked. Man, for me. 
that Mjolnir Stormbringer did not work. I thought that might have been one of the worst jokes in the when, movie. I when, thought that was really stupid. When, like when he's talking to Amber and Stormbringer just comes <laughs> into frame, dude. I was that is dying. hilarious when he comes in the frame. That's that's clever. I was I do, dying. But other than that, it was hard to bear for sure. That to me is that's a one hundred percent a Taika thing. Never have those hammers floated around looking at people before, or uh, you know, had facing rules for when they listened to you and overheard you talking about other things. Uh, that's a Taika joke that he threw in, and it stayed throughout the whole movie. He kept bringing that bit back, just beating that fucking horse to death. Sorry, but not even as a joke uh, though. But talking, but talking to the hammer and telling it to do something, and it does. You know where it says "take care of Jane." I didn't know like you could what he what happened there, right? It was some type of um, what do you call it? He imbued some kind of protective I, spell into it. Yeah, I didn't know that you could do that and stuff like that. I wish we got more of Jane becoming the Mighty Thor because it just jumped into it. I'm like, I kind of wanted to see the transformation. That was another thing that kind of seemed like something was left on the cutting room floor because even when. Uh, it's when Gore is, is attacking new Asgard and it's when Thor first meets Jane Foster as Thor meets, you know, that Valkyrie makes a comment of like, Oh, you're going to, you're going to like this one or something like it, it made it clear that She's Valkyrie already knew that Jane Foster had be, was, was wielding Mjolnir and was the new Thor and almost like they had met previously. And it made, it just, it played off fine, but it definitely kind of raised an eyebrow for me of like, did I miss something like this or something must have been cut um, that maybe shouldn't have shouldn't have been. I, I don't know. But um, yeah. And just and then also with with Taika, you know, worth noting that he plays Korg and I liked Korg in Ragnarok and I'm mixed on him in this one, too. Like there are some Korg bits of humor that I way, do think are funny. Way too then, much, Korg. But, but, I think yeah. he became cocky. I think Taika wanted more attention. I swear I saw that inside of him as a director. Like, he wanted to be the star of the movie that he's making and gave Korg way too much. And I think that's a little bit about so much power he's being given doing Star Wars soon. I think it's getting to his head. And that's why he went overboard with some of these jokes, making it very Taika, per se. He wanted to put his giant stamp as everywhere he could. Yes, more. you said it perfectly and you said it nicely. And that's what the problem <laughs> that I was having, because honestly, the like, I like Taika Waititi in, in general. Like, I do think that there's talent there and I do like that he brings a certain type of humor. But when he, you know, maybe when given too much length of, of leash there, it, it can go a little too far because having all his humor and then having himself as a character that's really a main character in this movie almost comes across as like being up his own ass a little bit too much, which like I know is like really mean to say, cause I do like Taika well, for the most part, but sometimes when he's just going overboard, the movie free guy is an example of this to me. Like his character is kind of the, he's kind of the villain, you know, tech guru in that movie. And I thought he was unbearable in that movie. I and think there's a little bit of him inside that, to be honest. I think there's a little bit of Taika in that character in free guy. And maybe it is, but yeah, it's just, it's a little much. And like you said, just trying to put himself in the center of everything when it's like, okay, maybe you need to, you need to reel it back here a little bit. Or he's uh, like, I'm best friends with Chris Hemsworth. I got Natalie Portman in this. I'm going to show I'm best friends with them by putting myself in the movie with them. 
you know, and stuff like that. Kind of right, right. Like... Okay. Taika Waititi yeah, okay. is also co-stars in our Flag Means Death. He's like the second main character. So no, but he's good in uh, that though. I like that he show is. a lot. He's also in uh, what we do in the shadows, the original movie, the mm -hmm. first one. So Taika does like to put himself in his work, and well, I think but, you're right. Somebody but, but, told him that. You're touching on something though that's an issue here, because because yes, what we do in the shadows was was a Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement thing. You know that was like a partnership that they came up with, and Taika directed that movie. The thing with like Our Flag Means Death is a lot of people are like, oh, that Taika Waititi show, but he didn't create that show. He didn't write that show. Like he's not creatively involved in that show. He just plays a character in it. But a lot of people like to give Taika the credit for it when really like that's a very funny show that's well received that Tyke is not the creative driving force behind. So it's kind of worth noting there just yeah. as a, a, as something to differentiate the, the projects. That is absolutely. Uh, what I was saying is that he likes to put himself in his own work. The history of kind of putting himself into his own stuff. And someone told him Korg was funny. And so he wrote himself <laughs> way too many Korg lines. Mm. Mm -hmm. There was a Absolutely. lot of Korg. Uh, I like some of the Korg for sure. Uh, I like quite a bit of the Korg, but there's I, I, I'll I'll agree that there's too much Korg. Um, like I actually did think one of the bits that did work for me it was kind of <laughs> kind of stupid, but it it you know when when you do think for a minute that Korg died, but then it's just <laughs> his face, and it turns out that all he needed was his face to survive like okay that i can handle that kind of humor like that that made me laugh and then back in the head it looked like he had a mustache because it was her hair <laughs> it was kind of funny yeah yeah uh, uh yeah no that was pretty funny i liked i liked valkyrie a lot in this valkyrie was great the whole movie through um i like valkyrie too and i in a, in a way i'm like give her more to do or give her more of her own thing because she's she's along for the journey in this one but doesn't necessarily do much to stand out but i like her i like her a lot i like her a lot um what's shooting shoot back towards the beginning uh i'm not sure if did you guys mention natalie portman's uh or jane foster's cancer yet oh no we haven't <laughs> no, we we no. alluded to it i alluded to it when we were talking non-spoilers uh you know the the cancer battle to me i thought was um i remember when that when it came up in the in the movie when she was getting you know, chemo and I was like I kind of nodded I said okay this is the route that they're going because I knew about that comic book storyline so I was wondering if they were going to do that in the movie and there were some stuff with her battle with um, mortality that I thought was it was pretty interesting in the movie and the choice to keep being Thor even though it was keeping her body from being able to heal itself like I liked that stuff I, I thought that was pretty well done Uh, yeah, no, so, that, I mean, that part was good, so, it comes down to a lot of what we were talking about earlier with, like, we want more God Butcher, uh, I want to see more of her, you know, maybe, maybe not necessarily the cancer, like, directly, but becoming Lady Thor kind of felt like they just cut, like, a bunch of stuff, um, I agree with that, uh, I loved it, I, I thought, I thought that they just kind of did that, and then, yeah, as for this, this now I can talk about the balancing thing that we were talking about earlier too. Uh, I feel like a lot of the humor, cancer, cancer is hard, man. That's a hard one to do in a family movie. I feel like 
because of how dark that is and how dark God the Gore Butcher is conceptually, like me, I, I felt like the humor was <laughs> meant. You said you said God the Gore Butcher. <laughs> Gore, oh, Gore, Gore the, the God, God Butcher. <laughs> I. He's a variant. <laughs> I am dyslexic. Convincing. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Gore the God Butcher. Uh, they're just both such dark things on their own. Uh, I feel like maybe the a lot of the, I felt like a lot of the humor was like the sugar to make the medicine go down with these like hard to digest concepts, you know, like this because a lot of modern audiences they don't want to watch people a they don't want to watch someone kill gods, uh, especially like I don't know people get butthurt about that kind of thing in America. I don't know why. Uh, it's Norse mythology though and Greek it mythology. It is, but like I feel like it's still like. I don't know. I did hear him mention, like, hey, there's the god of carpentry. I didn't see who he pointed to. I assume I it was... I laughed my ass off. That was Jesus, and you know it. I assume it was Jesus, and I'm just like, like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's some stuff that's a little touchy in this movie, for especially for an American audience. It doesn't bother me at all, uh, but... Um, it was like two different movies, though, if you think about it. What you get with, you know, the cancer with Jane and then the god butcher... It's so, and then you have all the I, other stuff that's so lighthearted. And I felt fun. like it it's went just, well together personally. I liked the I mix. do too. Uh, and I thought the pacing was really good. I heard you guys earlier say that you thought some of the slow parts came to a grinding halt. And this is why I thought it was so great that they didn't focus on Jane becoming Thor. You know what happened. She grabbed the hammer and now she's Thor. You don't need to have scenes explaining that and then her meeting Valkyrie and Valkyrie saying maybe Thor will be here soon because it would be 10 minutes of boring dialogue. <laughs> well, why did the hammer wake fair. up all of a sudden when it was in crumbles when it could have helped Thor many times before too? It was. It they, seems uh, like... Then they showed point. that little flashback. They were like, oh, look, he touched it one time and made it magic for her. Like, you know, they, they just... They really flashed this stuff together yeah. and they didn't slow down to hold our hand to explain these really minute things, I thought the pacing was great. And I thought that, especially I've been watching a bunch of action movies recently, and one of the hardest things to do is have your third act uh, really feel like a third act. Sometimes you fight the boss in the second act, and then you fight him again in the third act, but the second fight was cooler. Or there's not really, nothing has changed in between the second and third fight that makes sense that you won now. Uh, and I thought that this movie, Thor, Love and Thunder, did a lot of really good things as far as the pacing goes and uh, to uh, continue to push the story, to continue to change the, what the characters had access to uh, and continue to explain why they could now fight the threat in a different way. See, those are uh, all I, I really the, good points. Those are all I, really I, I really points. felt that. And like, like I told you guys, I watched Blade recently, Blade 1, and it doesn't make any sense at the end when he <laughs> fights Frost now that Frost is the vampire god, and then he beats Frost one-on-one, -on -one, like, just, uh, like, face-to-face. -face. He had no access sense. to a brand-new anticoagulant serum. Yeah, uh, it was really <laughs> dumb. But in this one, whenever uh, Thor goes to fight Frost at the end, it makes sense because he actually has the weapons to fight Frost. Yeah. And Frost is gore, though. So I will agree. So I, I also thought there was a bit of a pacing problem. I never felt like it came to a grinding halt at all. I just wanted more, like... I wanted more, I think... Uh, Natalie Portman's story, and I wanted more Gore the God Butcher. I think those were my issues, and maybe more Asgard. They could have cut Quark stuff out for that kind of shit. Um, but other than that, I thought the pacing was great. I, man, I really want to talk. So, Gore showed up to New Asgard, right? 
He sticks his sword in the ground. And he kidnapped their children. <laughs> like, no one does that. You know what I mean? That was such a... That was crazy. No one goes after the children in any of these things ever. And he went right for them. And then he put them in the cage of nightmares. And it was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. I was like, oh my... Like, I was freaking out. I thought it was fantastic. I was like, that is that is next level terrifying. Uh, straight up a Darkling uh, from, like, mythology. That's what he was. To add icing to the cake, he didn't just show up and take the children. He summoned a shadow army of monsters to fight all the heroes in the street at the same time. Yeah. He fought all the heroes and stole the children. He it didn't was... just sneak in through the shadows. But I he... don't think he was. that was the plan, though. I think he knew he was going to get beat right there. Potentially. And later on, yeah, he was like, wait, never mind, got back up, I'm going to get my ass kicked right now, I'm going to figure right. it out, play the long game, yeah. You might be right. And he I think called an audible. That's what happened, <laughs> he said, I'm not, there's two Thors here, and everything else, yeah, yeah not happening. Retreat, retreat! <laughs> Take the kids. Yeah, no, but that was, that definitely was a dark thing to do. There was that whole scene, um, they were on on the moon or wherever it was where where the color you know where it became black and white that I thought visually Kansas. was really cool. So they filmed um, that in Kansas. One of one of the better scenes <laughs> to me visually. It was whenever you film in Kansas, it's always in black and white. See, I see, I see what you're doing here. Until yes. you until you leave and come back. Right. Well, no, when you come back, it's black and white, too. And you were there. And you were there. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, um, you just say that there's no place like home, and then you go back to it being black and white. The, that's uh, right. And then you use the uh, the time stone to rewind yourself back to before you went to us. The fight the fight on Nightmare Moon 1 uh, was awesome. I agree. I really enjoyed uh, all the weapons were the only things that had color at all. Uh, I liked watching them, like, fly around this, like, uh, what do you call it, King Kai-style planet, you know what I mean? Because it's real small. Uh, and then I really liked the moment when he, when everyone broke free and, like, everything exploded. Everything just got super cool. It was just a really cool fight. I did not like a lot of his fights because it was just, like, entangle, 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 entangle. And then, you know, he would just tie you up and you couldn't do anything. And that was it. That was it. it. The sword fights were really cool. But other than the sword fights, he just tied people up. And yeah, that became other times, a bit much. He shadow walked, presumably through the nightmares of children, and then showed up behind you and tried to kill you with the god slaying sword, the necro. Yeah, that was really cool whenever he wasn't just casting entangle. It's fair. <laughs> you know, Gary, I had an interesting thought, though, with, with Thor, because in. Ragnarok, you know, when he kind of gains his his lightning powers, his true god of, of thunder-esque abilities, he, he kind of starts it off with a giant leap in the air with the, with the hammer and uh, and lightning everywhere. And I feel like every action scene in this film resorted to him either starting it that way or ending it that way. Like, that became Thor's go-to move. It in some looks of these so scenes. good, though. It That's looks true. so good. Uh, but like there are some cool things in Ragnarok like he does that kind of he does a part where he jumps and corkscrews through people with lightning shooting off everywhere and does like a lot of cool stuff like that 
And here I just felt like everything was just, I'm going to jump and slam my hammer down. And then I'm going to do it again and do it again. And this movie, Thor, was like me and Super Smash playing Pikachu and just doing the lightning bolt every single time. Just you come close to me. That's all you're going to get is the Pikachu lightning bolt because I know it works every time and it's an easy move. (laughs) <laughs> it worked the best in the opening scene that we talked about where he's with the guardians fighting all of those so creatures good. and he does it and the lightning shoots off between all their speeder bikes and destroys all of them like that that totally worked for me that's great and then every time he did it after i was totally just aware of it just this <laughs> is this all he's gonna do every time is jump in the air which yeah, Sean, to your point, if if I was playing the Thor video game, playing the Avengers that's, video game, that's, that's pretty much what do. I do as Thor, but still. Uh, I really uh, enjoyed the like, shotgun Mjolnir uh, thing. That was pretty cool. I liked that, too. That kind of is like a buckshot. Uh, the shattered. Oh, I thought, I thought that was, cool. was really cool. I thought it was cool. Uh, what she did with the necro sword uh, with that when she like ate it with her hammer and then like thunder smashed it. That was sick. That was so cool. Uh, no, so the thing that you guys are talking about, I feel I've been watching a lot of stuff lately, and I've been like watching it in the fight choreography. I feel like directors just aren't listening to their fight directors enough. Like they're like, "This looks cool. I want to get the visual stuff," but then they do a bunch of nonsense. Like Star Wars is so bad about this. The, the if you actually watch what they're doing with their lightsabers, it's so dumb. Like you need to listen to your fight choreographers because like oh, it's so I'm bad. Glad. So glad you said something. Do you remember when Thor had had the, the thunderbolt and yeah. he was blocking Gore? Yeah, he was blocking the blade with his wrists, with his, right with here his, in wrist guards, his yeah. wrists, not with the blades. So he still had every movement to take the blade, disengage, attack, or stab. Instead, it was just like you said. The director was like, "Boy, that looks cool. Let's just do what <laughs> looks cool and not listen to the fight guy." And so instead, he's using his wrists to like a sword and not using. If his you own have weapons swords on screen, you should have a sword Sorry. fight director off camera that you can look at anytime something happens, and and be, you can be like, "Is that checkmate?" And he'll be like, "Yes or no." It's like that makes you know what I mean. You like, hear that Hollywood? We know a guy too, Layden. Call Layden. Yeah, call he Layden. He'll help you out, and he'll help you. Out. <laughs> it will make your movie better when it comes to fight scenes. Absolutely. You know, one yeah. thing we did we have not touched base on is Zeus. We never brought up <laughs> Zeus. What I was about to get into also. <laughs> I felt like part where I thought the movie slowed way, way, way down. Not me. I, <laughs> I actually, I I think I agree with you. I think it did slow the movie down, but I also liked it. Um, I love like it. Could have been sped up. Fat Zeus. It, it felt like this that. whole thing where it's like a twenty-five minute scene, and it could have been like a like a five minute scene or an eight minute scene. Which I, I mean, I get it. You've got Russell Crowe in your movie playing Zeus. Like you want to give Russell Crowe time to be to talk in a funny accent and be Zeus. What like of, sure. What type of accent was that though? Like I couldn't. That was <laughs> drunk. <Yeah. laughs> It was a really, it was a accentuated Italian. Yeah, it was some weird Italian. Yeah, it was definitely I'm Italian. Not, I'm just, I can't think straight right now. I'm still laughing. I just guess that makes sense because he's a Roman god. So mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it didn't sound I like anything I've heard before. Yeah, well, this could is hardly just... understand half the things he was saying. Zeus is Greek, it's... though. Yeah, that's what. I... Jupiter is yeah. the Roman. Oh, you're version. right. You're right. I, you're right. I'm He's saying, Greek. I couldn't figure out what exactly that accent came from, and I don't know what Greek people technically sound like, but I know a couple of Greek folks. Oh uh, yeah, we do know some Greek people. Uh, yeah, they sound fine. They don't sound like that. You know what? They do not sound like that at all. 
I can't believe hey, there's, no there's no Persian gods in this place, which actually pissed me off. No, I was playing. No, I didn't. I, you know, we should go back and look. Uh, I bet you there is, <laughs> but yeah, you might be right. There was there was a lot of representation for the religions there. Uh, like no, we talked was, about, was Jesus really cool. was apparently represented. <laughs> I really enjoyed uh, the God of Dumplings bow. I laughed pretty good at that. That was I did like that. That was a very <laughs> thing to do. I thought to it, but it was it worked. When and with this whole part, the idea of it, this meeting of all the gods in this big place, I like that as a concept. Like that is cool. I just you know, from a story perspective, I was like, uh, you know, no, it was a meeting that leads into an orgy though. That's what yes. that was all about. That was the joke of it too. That's yeah. what that was. <laughs> I, and then and then you go back to the fact that Jesus was there and it's twice as funny. Uh, but, but yeah, there's a lot of really funny uh, stuff in that scene. I didn't know Russell Crowe was Zeus. I didn't know. Like I don't know if you guys knew ahead of time. When they showed his face, I immediately lost my shit. I was so happy. It was. So I did funny. know. I did. Know. Yeah, I, I did know. know. Yeah, same here. I also did not know and lost my shit. It was great. Jenny, Jenny, I was not expecting it. Jenny said it would have been funny if he said, are you not entertained? Like she thought he was really going <laughs> to do it. Um, I, I loved every minute of that. And then when uh, well, everyone guess, uh, faints when they see Thor's penis was pretty funny. Yeah, it's too bad that one was in that was in the trailer because that was a good gag. But we all knew it was coming. Though. Agreed. Uh, that would have been a good gag to just hit you in the movie. Uh, I did think it was weird. What's the rating of this movie, guys? Was it PG-13? believe so. Must be. Uh, so I think PG it's weird they talk about orgies two or three times. I think it's weird that they say the word shitty like seven or eight times. Uh, I, I didn't really think... And then the movie starts off showing a dead child on screen. Uh, I didn't think that this was the most PG-13. Uh, I thought there was a real argument to be made here that it was, uh, it, it was, it was on the line. I think Taika pushed it as hard as he could. And I think that the orgy stuff was like a forced laugh. I think that he kept trying to to, to force that laugh too. I didn't think it was that funny. <laughs> I thought it was pretty I funny. dug it. <laughs> um, yeah, it is a PG-13. And movie. I thought that King Valkyrie was super lackluster. What a letdown. No, I and just... I and I agree. Like that's that's the thing, is is I like Tessa Thompson. I, I like Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie. as Valkyrie, and I want more her Valkyrie. But I agree. I just feel like she was given nothing to do. Like there could have been some really cool. Do you think it's because there. her and Taika were kind of dating? Maybe something happened, and he like wrote her role down a little bit less. Is that what happened? Were they? Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. I mean, they were always very something something here Friendly. and there. Yeah. <laughs> I thought. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Well, so well, little MCU gossip right there. Mm -hmm. First off, first off with Tessa, <laughs> it's not the most important thing at all. But like when she's dressed as Valkyrie, gorgeous, like just like yeah. out of the park, insanely beautiful. Uh, and then she's just such a great actor. On top of that, I love the, the accent. I love how uh, she's definitely she's very Viking. Like she reads Viking. Yes. She she has the attitude of a space Viking. She's 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 hardcore man. I love it. Um, and yeah, I agree. I want more. I want more so bad. Please. Yeah, she was she was lackluster. They they didn't write her very well. It felt like they were like, we should have another character on this team. Who do we have from Thor's cast? Uh, it didn't feel like somebody sat down and said, let's write Valkyrie. Yeah. Uh, it felt like they just added a Thor character into the. Oh, movie. I said, let's write Korg. Um, 
Right? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Let's write Korg and, Let's write and Valkyrie Korg can and be the backup. Him. Yes. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. That's what happened is Korg got more time than Valkyrie. It made Valkyrie feel almost like a side character who shouldn't have been there. It's always a Taika um, thing, man. So the Korg thing when, had... oh, good. when she got her hands on Zeus's weapon, she never used it. Like she had it. She didn't use it. She had it. I think uh, it should have become hers. Weird. I think so too. I thought she should have become Zeus or, yeah. you know, you know, king of gods, Valkyrie, king of gods or something. Oh, that weapon was confusing. Is, there was is that nothing like an cool actual... that happened with it. But what she ended is it? Up... Is it like a sword uh, or is it actual lightning that becomes it's hard? The, it's the concept of lightning. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's it's the so concept of lightning of that you can throw. No, I don't so think so. So what happens when he doesn't have it? He doesn't have lightning in his body to throw. It's just that's one. I one think and so. Right there. I think that's how they were doing it, uh, which I also think is silly. But yeah, uh, yeah, I couldn't um, figure out what the power technically was. And <laughs> then I hated to... to see. Then after she gets you know stabbed, uh, Thor goes into the final act, and she's like, and it's not him saying you're injured, you can't come. Thor goes into the final act and she's like, well, you know, I got stabbed. Here you go. See you later. Yeah. That's like the anti-Valkyrie. You know, she would have died in combat, gone to Valhalla, fought with Thor until the god killer was gone. A thousand percent. She wouldn't have let him go by himself. Uh, so the... One final complaint real quick while I still have complaints fresh on my mind. Yeah. You couldn't get to... Uh, the end of the world, the center of the universe to... Until you talk could. To... You couldn't get there unless you had the special thing, and only Gore had the special thing, but then Thor went there anyways with Zeus's lightning bolt, and then Natalie Portman went there with Thor's hammer. So no one could get there unless you have the Bifrost, except if you're anyone else, and then you can get there. Unless only you really Gore needed the Bifrost. Yeah, that, okay, that's my last complaint. Well, well so, real quick, yeah, a little side thing. We go back to Valkyrie not having really a good role. Sif was thrown in there for five seconds, mm. and then I thought that was also disappointing. I feel like with so many strong female characters, it's just they just didn't use them. And I don't know why. A great opportunity with such great warriors to make them amazing, and they didn't do it. You do know why. You already figured it out. Borg <laughs> needed more lines. You figured it out, Sean. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, along the line of what you're talking about, yes, definitely. Like when he teleported with the lightning bolt, I was a little upset. I'm like, why can the lightning bolt teleport too? Is that just something that all the weapons do now? Like that was they got there really easy, and then Jane got there, and then yeah, the only saving grace for the Valkyrie situation was that in her mind she would be a liability and get the children killed. Uh, and that's the only reason I accept uh, her staying behind. Other than that, yeah, she probably should have gone and died the, to go to Valhalla. Uh, Especially after she had already given a talk about how much she hated ravens and dealing with people's bullcrap. And then and wanted the bullcrap should have just been ravens anyways. And she just wants to be back out in the fight. And she goes out and gets stabbed once and is like, oh, man, I need those ravens again, Thor. Why don't you take care of this without me? The biggest like, problem bro, that I is have, not King Valkyrie. The biggest problem I have with that situation is I'm pretty sure she got stabbed to put her down so that Natalie Portman was forced to go to that fight. Like, it was just uh, just for plot. That was it. It was just to explain why Natalie Portman had to go. Uh, I really wish I that like Valkyrie that. had been, like, messed up. Like, yes. if she would have been next to death, I wouldn't have this complaint. 
Instead, I thought they cheapened the character of Valkyrie by making her be like, yeah, sorry, I'm not going to go fight with you. Good luck. That's not Valkyrie. That's not Valkyrie at all. And I did not like that decision. Uh, and that was a writing choice. It was not an acting choice. It's nothing against her. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, the, the, we all agree, I think, that the Valkyrie got snubbed uh, <laughs> a bit. This Worth noting that um, Gore's daughter... Um, who then comes back later in the movie is Chris Hemsworth's real life daughter. So that's Aww. and then Whoa. and then that's the adorable. Matt Damon Thor thing. That's his brother, older brother, Chris Hemsworth that plays Thor, yes. right? Yes, yes. That Luke, Luke was so funny, dude. Those cameos and, were funny as shit. And the kid running, young Thor, is his son. Is Chris mm-hmm. Hemsworth's son when he's running in the woods when they're showing the grown up version? Man. They yeah. are paying the Hemsworth family. And yes. his wife, his wife is actually in it too as the wolf. Woman. I the, I thought oh, that was her. I thought okay. that was her because he was making out with her real hard. And I was like, <laughs> um, and then do you guys know anything about that character about Gore's daughter uh, in like the greater Lord of Things, no. or is this all we oh. know? No. Okay, so I, it does. I didn't know if she was a somebody. If they are a team up, that I don't know about. So it does seem also, that. His people don't seem to have any powers. It seems that everything that we saw was because she was imbued with power by eternity. Uh, yes. So it looks like she's the. Uh, it's less about do we know about his daughter more? Do what do we know about eternity? Because it seems like she's a vessel for that power. I just now. didn't know if this was a, a like hero a that had existed in the past that anybody knows about. Because oh. uh, you know, with the four nerd brains combined, I figured one of us would know who she was. But I it looks like we're at a loss. Did y'all really? Did y'all think that he was really gonna wish her back? I thought for a moment he was gonna wish the cancer away. I thought I thought the <laughs> cancer. Was, yeah, I thought that was exactly was what was like, gonna happen. Regardless, if you bring your daughter back, you're gone. Does it really be worth of a life for that to be father, okay. her to be fatherless? See, well, I think one of the main yeah. thing there is Natalie Portman was probably like, I want to come back and do this one more, but then then I'm out. See, like I'm good. What should, yeah, I think the that's what it was. Too, unfortunately, that should have happened. It wouldn't have been feel good. It would have been much better, and it would have led to more gore. I think the actual ending that should have happened was the Necrosword wasn't destroyed. He got in the Godwell and was compelled by the sword to kill Eternity, thus uh, being forced to continue on this quest and not bringing his daughter back. Uh, I thought that would have been way cooler. Um, I wanted to talk for just a second about agents because there's a couple MCU actors who really must have good agents, and this is what I'm getting at here. In this movie... Jamie Alexander, who plays Lady Sif, right? She's in the first Thor movie. I think she's in the Dark World as well. She is. Right? Disappears from Ragnarok entirely. She's also in she's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Back in this one, um, in, a, in, a, in a minor role. Fourth build in the credits. I'm like, <laughs> what? I mean, obviously, Russell Crowe and Natalie Portman get, like, the featured credits, um... You know, which is negotiated with the agents and such. But we get Chris Hemsworth, Christian Bale, Tessa Thompson, Jamie Alexander, fourth build. And then going back to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, if you paid attention to the credits in that movie, the featured credit at the end, and Michael Stuhlbarg, who played uh, Doctor West, he's in the first movie uh, and he shows up in wow. Multiverse of Madness in the in the wedding scene in the yeah. crowd, but gets a featured credit in the billing. Gotta give credit to some of these actors uh, working with their agents to get this top <laughs> good billing placement in these MCU movies that they're barely in. Um, 
But then also, of course, we haven't touched on the uh, mid-credits scene that introduced Hercules. Yes, um, the guy from uh, that show you guys love. After the scene, (laughs) my wife turned to me and went, Oi! (laughs) (laughs) I knew that one was coming and had heard he got cast as Hercules. Uh, There had been some rumblings because there was some... I can't remember where I saw the headline, but there was some headline that was basically like, somebody from a much-beloved TV show um, has been... Like, a a recent Emmy winner from a much-beloved TV show has been cast as a character in an MCU movie or something. Like, I had seen that... But then I think a lot of the the chatter amongst that was like, is Jason Sudeikis in something? <laughs> and uh, but no, it was. Uh, <laughs> um, and this Hercules isn't young. He's forty one years old. So like this Hercules is you know not a kid Hercules. Yeah, <laughs> no, he's full grown. Brent Goldstein appears in a split second yeah. as as Hercules. I keep calling him Roy Kent because that's his character's name. <laughs> Brent Goldstein's the actor. No. Yeah, and you know, I, I have to give credit to The Ringer for this because I was listening to one of their podcasts and they were talking a little bit about this and, and I agree with them. It's like they, this is now two MCU movies in a row where we've gotten a new character introduced. Oh, no, a, a couple because there's there's this one. You've got, um, you've got Brett Goldstein as Hercules in this one. You've got uh, Charlize Theron was in the, the Multiverse yeah, of yeah, Madness yeah. And then you've got Harry Styles was in the Eternals one. Right. And so you've got these like big actors or new new characters that get introduced, which is cool. Like it gives that shock moment of like, oh wow, but then it's kind of like, but what's the point? Like like okay, Are we gonna so, see them again? Like <laughs> yeah, how long like, is it gonna be? Is that the next Thor movie? Is is it gonna be Thor versus Hercules or Thor versus the gods? And but if so, like when is that coming out? Like it's Thor v Hercules, tease. Dawn of Jokes. <laughs> <laughs> but like it's it's something we get this tease, and when's it? When are we gonna see it? Five years, six years? Like when will this even come to fruition? Which I don't mind it that much because I do like the kind of the cheap pop of introducing these folks, and I like the idea of the the mid credit scene that Marvel's known for. In, but it's different now, though. It's different it now, though. If you, the original ones worked out the next few movies. Yes. Like, it was always build up to the next one. Not for right. what they're going to do in Phase 20 is what it seems like they're setting up with a lot of these yeah. inclusions. Yeah, it was cool when they showed Mjolnir or a Tesseract or a phone that had an Avengers symbol on it. It would be cool if they popped out a phone with an X-Men logo or something like that. But I don't care that Charlize Theron's wearing purple. And I don't care that Roy Kent is going to be Hercules. Like, I just put him on the screen. Like, I don't... So I've seen him in brown leather. Good. That's going to hold that, me over for six years. Do you care that Harry Styles is going to be an Eternal? I no, because he's not going to show up. He's not going to show up because his paycheck's getting higher and higher with all these movies they're giving him. And his, his schedule is getting really busy in Hollywood and with his music. So I don't see him showing up anytime soon, well, I mean, the, the Eternals seem to be a... One and done. Yeah, because someone mentioned it on TikTok that I watched. They they said all they want 
is any scene in any MCU movie or show to even remotely deal with the fact that there is a half-birth celestial sticking out of the uh, the Earth's crust somewhere. Uh, <laughs> because they haven't since the Eternals came out. Um, it's just like sitting there like this. I don't know. Yeah. It's, and but Hercules, everyone's been kind of screaming for, if you go from fans they said hercules should show up at some point because it's such a big name first of all in general with pop culture but also marvel has the rights so i don't know if it's rights but they can use hercules as you saw so i think we might get him sooner than later with it's my understanding that he's pretty big in the comics and him and thor are like bros he's been an avenger at times like he's been part of the avengers he's been he's usually a good guy has been my experience with hercules so (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, so what's what's next? Is the next MCU movie I, supposed to be Black Panther, you see Wakanda the, Forever? Is yeah, Wakanda Forever. Yeah, Wakanda Forever. What about the other cameo, Drew? James The Rock Johnson. Did you not see that? That was oh, one of the scenes that. I enjoyed with Korg. Um, was, oh, Dw- yes. Oh, they, Dwayne, his, his, yes, his, yes, uh, yes. his lover's name was Dwayne, and they hold hands over a volcano, and then they make a child. Oh, no, which, oh I forgot about that. Don't forget, yes. they made it canon that Cork species is all male, and they procreate by holding hands over a volcano. Well, it's kind of like, do you watch the Orville? Yes, it's just like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. oh, real quick, when you go to Eternity, there's a silhouette. Why did I... That, what is that silhouette of? That's that I mean, was cool, but that's not Galactus looking. See, silhouette. No, I, was, it was Eternity. I like Eternity, was eternity. is yeah, an it was entity, but, I but why does it look like a ship of Galactus's like head? It looks look absolutely for sure. And I thought, okay, I'm not seeing things right. That's what Galactus looks like. Is the it's the very similar. It is different, but it's very similar. And I, for a second, thought that when they opened the well. They were actually going to free Galactus on accident. That's yeah, that's the vibes I, I was thought, getting from that. Which would have been cooler. It would have been cooler. And I would have been like, this is the best movie ever. Yes. We're getting Galactus. And if MCU. Galactus popped out of that thing, it would be one of the greatest MCU movies ever made. Period. That, I'm with you. I would have just given you the full credit for that. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. <laughs> Any other thoughts on this movie? I, I liked I liked it. I like liked it, Thor Love and Thunder, man. You get a big thumbs up from me. That was a fun comic book movie. It was a fun action romp. Uh, I did think that probably the the dumbest part of the movie that sticks out to me is the army of children with foam weapons that they didn't bother trying to CG them to make them look sharp or dangerous <laughs> or anything. They just gave kids a bunch of squared foam weapons and told them to go hit shadow monsters. Uh, it was pretty dumb. But it also made me laugh out loud when the little girl karate chopped a shadow monster in half and then another girl blasted lightning out of a bunny's eyes. Uh, it was like made Thor me laugh. Gave them, it was uh, just stupid. I actually liked it. Was it was like Thor gave them compound V. <laughs> Thor yeah. of compound V. Uh, <laughs> Here you go, kids. Some temporary power. Have fun. Uh, is it my I'm imagination? That, uh... Uh, or So he was like, shall be bound with the powers of the Thor. And then he said temporarily like it looked like he winked at the camera <laughs> when he said that last bit which is broke the cool. fourth wall yeah <laughs> uh and then you guys saw the last end credit scene right yeah with the I did i'm struggling to even remember the, what it was, it was uh thor and the it's little Idris. girl yeah wait oh wait oh wait oh that was that was an end credit scene 
Uh, no, with Idris and the and when they went yes. to Valhalla. Valhalla scene. Yeah, that was that pretty was nice. Right. I didn't have a problem with that. That was a nice send off. It was a nice. But yeah, we I can agree. talk about what they said. That this is love, and Thunder is the little girl is love, and then and Thunder was. <laughs> Thor's, yeah, I like that. It sounded like she was getting ready for school because this wasn't end credits. I I messed up in my head. Uh, I like that it sounded like she was getting ready for school, but then they go outside their spaceship that they apparently live in and are just going across the galaxy, battling for the undertrodden. Uh, you know, the 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 downtrodden and the the low people on the totem pole. And it was, and they do the leap, Drew. They do the leap you were yeah, talking they about. They do the leap again. Uh, where they jump through the air yep. with the things. Yep. That yes, next Thor movie is obviously going to be like a Mr. Mom ripoff or something. Or, <laughs> what is it, like Three Men and a Baby might be something like that. Where, I'll tell you. the way they're going. I'll tell you what. I would prefer that infinitely to my least favorite thing ever. In science fiction, which is the it's a baby. Psychic grew up in a week to a fully grown adult. Mm. I hate that. It ruins everything that's ever happened in it. Ruined the forty four hundred for me. It ruined Skyfall. <laughs> it ruined everything that's ever happened in. It's the dumbest thing. I don't want super babies growing up fast. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> but yeah, sorry. I had to say that. <laughs> Not to do another, oh, and one more thing, because I just thought of one other thing, but uh, here we are, is that Gary touched on it, or mentioned it earlier, but we didn't really talk about it. The Korg recaps throughout, where he would, it would flash back oh, yeah. and show things, I wasn't a big fan of. Um, there was more the Tyco. one that showed more uh, stuff between Thor and Jane Foster and giving more background to their relationship and how it ended, which was the only one of those that I thought was actually worthwhile because it showed something, but otherwise I just thought they weren't very funny. They were, they did it too many times. It just didn't really work for me. It was kind of a rip off of um, the Ant-Man recaps that do work and are funny. <laughs> um, that did not, uh, that just didn't really work for me here. And, and Sean like they had earlier. That type of relationship. Go ahead. Go ahead, Gary. Yeah, you nailed it when you said that their chemistry between Natalie Portman and Chris Hemsworth isn't great. That's why those scenes didn't work, because every time it cut back, it seemed like Natalie Portman and Chris Hemsworth in a room trying to be funny or trying to get along and be cute. It did not seem like Jane and Thor. It seemed like oh. two actors with no chemistry pretending to have fun. And, and it, it was wasn't like... realistic in their love life. I, I don't think any of that would have uh -huh. ever happened. You know, the uh -huh. type of relationship they have is not a typical relationship. They were in love, but they were doing their own thing really early on since the first Thor movie. Because Dark World and all that stuff. Yeah. They had a more serious, unfortunate relationship with a lot of darkness around them. So it wasn't it was all this of, like college feel relationship. They did kind of slap like a real modern relationship over like, and it never existed uh, for anything. Yeah, you're right. I agree. That was one of the just things that worked so well about the first Thor movie to me is how she was introduced as like kind of a romantic interest, but like Thor had the stuff going on with the hammer and his own self-worth and everything, his internal problem still was the main focus there. Like it was a side romance. He didn't get too caught up in. And that was unique for one of these superhero movies that, that didn't have to make this, the, the love story be 
front and center, like like what was in Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy. Like Captain it. America and Peggy, like they were like madly in love, but they didn't have like this typical relationship either. Yeah. You know, for yeah. obvious reasons. But see, maybe they don't have. There are literally yeah, they... like rom-com scenes shoved into this movie that don't need to be. There. I agree. Yeah, didn't see, work. Didn't work. The chemistry so, might not work because maybe Natalie Portman is trying not to fall into those eyes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Because Chris Hemsworth oh, is a big dream so that, that stuff didn't work. Any of her no, stuff, okay. trying out new catchphrases, all of that fell pretty flat to me. Why did no one say hammer realize? time? Like, it's hammer right? time. Right? Like, oh, oh, my God, John, like, right? That's, I was waiting for that. I thought he was like, oh, me I too. heard this great song the other day, thanks to whatever, Peter Quill or whatever. <laughs> How about it's hammer? <laughs> Try this one. This song. It's about hammers. I love it. I really thought that would have been hammer time. That's that so would cheesy. be I would be in for that. Um, it I, is I, cheesy, but it's the right kind of cheesy because they threw an Old Spice commercial into the freaking movie. That was weird, I thought. I didn't it understand. It was kind of weird. It would. I thought that was really funny. I thought it should it have been for- a lot funnier than I found it. Because I actually really like Allspice commercials. <laughs> and, like, like they made me laugh every time. I just thought it wasn't a good Allspice commercial, I think was my problem. <laughs> oh, I don't get it. Like, is that how they're making their... I was just confused with that introduction of yes. New Asgard and what its purpose was in the world. It just really made it a joke. As it obviously made it like a Disney World. Yeah, it made it like a Disney World. Yeah. And I thought, why do they go that route? Like, why did they make it a Disney World? What happened where they had no respect of being as guardians like they just threw them as like disney workers in there like that was kind of strange yep they're all a bunch of silly actors and disney workers and cosplayers now i so i uh i think i think this is my last thing i would like to mention i really liked the rainbow goat pulled boat uh i thought it was fantastic uh the screaming so the screaming goats definitely got on my nerves pretty quick but then, like, towards the end, like, they hadn't done it in a while, and then they came back and they were still screaming, and I died. It got me. Yeah, that was a good spot when it's been a while, when it, they disappeared. It didn't once work for me. It worked for me a few times. Uh, but, no, I just enjoyed the... It was just so, like, painted on the side of a van, man. It was it was so heavy metal. It was so yeah. 80s. It was awesome. The Screaming Goats memes and the Screaming Goats videos and jokes are from, like, nine or ten years ago on the internet. <laughs> It's, Listen, it's just like New the <laughs> oldest joke, and it's New done, Zealand not is funny. so behind. New Zealand doesn't have the fastest internet, so now he's just oh, getting man. those videos <laughs> in New Zealand. All right, Tiger's like the I first got time. This <laughs> he comes in, and he's like, "Guys, guys, look!" He plays the video on YouTube, and they're all like, "Uh, what's the what's what's up? Did you guys know there's screaming goats? Like, this is crazy." <laughs> yeah, bro. I would say my final thought, and I'll wrap it up, is I felt this movie was on par with how uh, Doctor Strange 2 was. It's, you know, really self-contained. I'm ready for bigger stuff. I'm ready for something huge. I feel like it's been forever since Endgame, and I want some really fun stuff and epic cinematography. I want the Russo brothers back. I'm tired with these too fancy, comedic, and like kind of silly movies. I kind of want some seriousness back in the MCU, to be honest. Yeah, I think what James Gunn did, while it was really cool, might have actually hurt the superhero industry in the long run. Uh, James Gunn did it, and it worked, and it was fun, and it was colorful, but that doesn't mean that everyone needs to make their version of a James Gunn movie. Yes. Um, there's something missing now. They, they took an ingredient out, and they replaced it with funny. And I'm a comedian, man. I like funny, but you're right. There's there's something that's not right about these superhero movies. 
there's not a team anymore. There, there is no Avengers. Uh, they need to rebuild a team. They need to rebuild a plot. They need to rebuild a narrative. Right now, these are cool superhero movies. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Sean. I want to see some big event. I want to see something grand. And it feels like the pieces aren't even in place for them to start doing that I... yet. Uh, and I don't know what they're waiting on. I don't want the Avengers. I want the Defenders. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that the Netflix people might be able to bring the grit back. We already um, got the Defenders, man. Move on. It's on Netflix. No. <laughs> I want, I want to see them in the MCU, though. Uh, and no, not, sure. not Iron Fist, though. He can stay far, well, far Well, I'll tell you this. Jessica away. Jones will show up in She-Hulk. Yes. And then you have Daredevil and Kingpin and Echo. So that's just hopefully good enough for And you, Daredevil for in Daredevil, I believe, was already confirmed as well, right? Maybe. I That was really soft for me to agree with that's happening. Okay. Maybe somewhat. we'll find out more. After Echo. Hey. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully. I, I hope still so. think uh, Daredevil is going to be the main character of Echo, is my guess. Is that they didn't want to say, hey, we're making a Daredevil show yet. And so they're going to use the Echo show as a vehicle to feed us Daredevil. Yeah, I think you're right on that. That makes sense. I believe that actress is going to be at Comic Palooza here in a couple weeks or next weekend. I don't know how to sign, but hopefully, if one of y'all can, I'll take y'all with me. We can ask her. It's actually that right. meaning to learn. It's a good and thing. and I will I will issue one correction to earlier because I have been corrected on something, which is that. Taika Waititi is an executive producer on Our Flag Means Death. One of four executive producers, uh, to be clear. That, that's and he directed much. an episode, but he's not yeah, the creator the first... of that show. Yeah, yeah. so he just put like his that. little stink on there so that people would uh, would Watch say, it. hey, look, it's a Taika. Taika's in it. Taika show. He put just enough of his stink he on there. He put a lot put just of enough money. He put a lot of his stink on that show. I feel like my initial point still stands of what I was trying yes. to say with it, but just just wanted to be yeah. factually correct there. So yeah, yeah, he's a he's a little bit creatively involved, not 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 running it though. I feel like we've um, kind of beat these goats to death here um, ah! on this film. Is ah! there any ah! other thoughts? Uh, man, I I loved it, and I want more gore. That's all I want. I want more I wanted, gore. We can all agree on that. More gore. More gore. I, I wanted uh, to see Moon Knight and his god in the chamber. Moon Knight Ooh. or his god. As soon as it became about killing gods, I was like, yes, they just invented a character who's powered by gods. And then they didn't. Uh, that's my last That would have been cool. You're, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I do think, you know, again, I was, I was pretty mixed. I was pretty negative, actually, coming out of it. I was like, I don't know if I liked that very much. Um, actually talking with y'all, there are things about it that just hearing how it played with you, I'm like, oh, maybe I do need to reevaluate this or give it a revisit. I actually rewatched Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness here recently, and I, I feel still pretty solid in my thoughts there, but I think I liked it more with with expectations managed. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm still pretty mixed on this one, but I can well, agree... I think- I think what I've learned is if you really like Valhalla, like if you loved, uh, oh no, Ragnarok, I mean, if you loved Ragnarok, you might not like this one as much, I think is what I'm learning. See, I did like Ragnarok. Did you like love Ragnarok or you just, it was Oh yeah, I meant to say that earlier because I only talked about the first two movies because Ragnarok, in my opinion, is so good I didn't need to say it again. Uh, because Ragnarok's like my favorite Thor movie for sure. So I started to throw a wrench in that theory. Uh, 
If I'm ranking Thor movies for myself, I'm going Ragnarok number one, Thor number two, Love and Thunder number three, and The Dark World number four. That's me exactly. I'm right there with you. That'd be me too if I did drugs. (laughs) Well, I do. I do a bunch of drugs, but I did not do the same thing that they did. I'm going the reverse release order. Uh, I like the Thor movies in the exact opposite (laughs) order they came out. I am also going in the reverse (laughs) release order. Love and Thunder, Love and Thunder, Ragnarok, Dark Dark Elf, Thor, and yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So interesting. Uh, yeah, and I, a lot of my uh, reason why I like this one more, I think, is like I man, Gore the God Butcher was much better than Hella. Uh, she was cool, but like, like I don't need to see you throw swords out of your hair ever. That's stupid. Get out of my yeah, face. But, <laughs> but props to Christian Bale and Kate Blanchett, who are both just like super accomplished actors in yes. their own right coming in and They're being bigger like, than I'm MCU. just going to go all out playing a Marvel villain for one movie right? and then be on my way. I like, mean, she collect, was great. Collect it's that just... paycheck and go. I'm happy to see you. I'm, I'm all good. Did you see it. who played Hela in this one? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's not tell anybody. Uh, all That whole sequence of those cameos was hilarious. I loved it. I, I did not mind that bit being continued into this movie. I actually did get a chuckle. Matt Damon that. did coming back i love oh man and then when they came up to tessa thomas in the great hall and were like we want to write a play about what just happened that shit was funny uh yeah that really that made that go from funny to really really funny when they showed back up and were like can we make a play about the children being abducted they, <laughs> they actually take their craft extremely seriously <laughs> yes yeah. gag in the film yeah Open. i can agree with Val- that. new valhalla nighttime it was a dark night, and then they just walk away. It's so good, uh, but yeah, that's it. I got nothing else. All right, it's getting late. Let's 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 wrap it up. Let's All right, guys, uh, uh... thank you so much for watching. Uh, hit us with hashtag more gore on Twitter. I am Jahanadon at Rockfact on Twitter. It's me, Casualty CDG, and if you like tabletop role-playing games, you can find Jahan and I Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday playing tabletop games from 8 p.m. until 11 p.m. Central Standard Time. We're about to start a brand new game on Thursdays, Fantasy Age. Uh, We haven't played a fantasy game in, like, a year and a half. We've played all these different settings, so if you want to see us kind of try to tackle the original sword and sorcery type of landscape, that'll be every Thursday. Every other Wednesday, we're playing superhero games, where I play a duplicating teleporter. Uh, That's a lot of fun. And then Fridays, we're playing Modern Age, uh, something set in the then and now, uh, kind of like a multi-universal apocalyptic scenario going on over there. So if you're interested in watching us uh, make up stories and jokes and things as we go along, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at twitch.tv backslash Jahananon or on our YouTube, Fresh Out the Box TTRPG. Thank you, guys, and we'll see you every Sunday with Fresh Out the Podcast. And I am Drew Munhausen at Drew Munhausen on Twitter. Um, I'm going to let Sean uh, uh, give a shout out to Nerdtropolis here in a second, but I, I'm going to shout it out first because I've actually got a couple reviews that'll be dropping on uh, nerd nerd-tropolis.com here uh, in the coming week. I've got one dropping on Monday and one on Tuesday. I'll talk about those more on future episodes, but thanks for tuning in. And Sean, where can people find you? Yeah, I'm Sean Taj, the mayor of Nerdtropolis. You can find us on Facebook at Nerdtropolis and Instagram. And like Drew said, 
nerd-tropolis.com for all your movie news, reviews, interviews, and trailers. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Stay fresh.